Good evening, hushlings, and welcome. I present your preceptors to the underbelly of the void, the whispers of conjecture, and the known of the unknown. Thus begins the conclave of the Hush Hush Society. In the early months of 2020, during the most ominous of times, a syndicate was formed. An enigmatic group led by three unlikely cohorts set out to inform the world of the dark conspiracies and mysterious forces that pull at the strings of humanity. I'm Declassified Dave. This week, we are jumping into an oldie. We're going to be exploring the Philadelphia Experiment and the Montauk Project. This episode, we are fully getting into MKUltra. They would pass on their knowledge to their disciples, known as Hushlings. I'm Sherry Mike. We're going to get into the Jeffrey Epstein suicide. We're going to go into the John F. Kennedy assassination. This week, we're getting into Majestic 12. We are talking about the Zeta Reticuli incident. The 2012 apocalypse. Exploring the beliefs and histories of the uncomfortable truths of the unknown. And I'm Slick Frank Sanders. We're going to be talking about the Dyatlov Pass, the Vatican, Area 51, and S4, Bohemian Grove. We are doing the Men in Black, the Hollow Earth Theory, mind uploading, aka the transfer of consciousness. We're aboard the Titanic, Antarctic bases, Denver Airport, and the Golden Dawn. With a legion behind them, the trio, known as the Preceptors, forge forward to awaken those that still slumber. 420 episode about cannabis conspiracy, Flat Earth. We are going into the Apollo missions and the moon landing boats. Princess Diane diving out of a plane with D.B. Cooper, Kigahara Forest, Crop Circles, the exorcism of Annalise McKell. The name whispered in secrecy, the powerful faction known only as the Hush Hush Society. Greetings, Hushlings. Welcome back to the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Where we journey into the world of conspiratorial mysteries and dark truths. I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And we're joined, as always, by our cloaked grandmaster, Slick Frog Sanders. How's it going, Hushlings? Slick Frog Sanders here. This week we infiltrate the New World Order, the supposed secretive power elite with a globalist agenda that is conspiring to rule the New World Order within a one-world government, which will replace sovereign nation-states. We also explore an Enlightenment-era secret society founded on May 1st in 1776 in Bavaria, the Illuminati, and its society's goals were to oppose superstition, religious influence over public life, and abuses of state power. But also, hushlings, tell your mama, tell your wife, tell your grandfather, tell all your little hush puppies, your hot co-worker. This is the one-year anniversary of the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Welcome, hushlings, welcome. 
And thank you so much to all of our listeners and followers throughout our first year of life through this conspiracy-driven world that we live on. We love you guys. We absolutely adore you. But before we get into all this secret handshaking, we just want to remind you to follow us on all our social medias, Facebook, Twitter, and our brand new Instagram because Facebook and Twitter decided that me giving them the correct email and all credentials wasn't enough to prove that we were the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. Follow us on our new profile, HHS Conspiracy Hour Pod. You can also find us at hushhushsociety.com. Where you can find all of our audio, blogs, news, and you can drop that ever-wonderful review. You can also hit us up at contact at hushhushsociety.com. And did you think that Frank would let you forget about the drippiest of drip Hush Hush Apparel? You can find it on the website that Mike mentioned earlier. It's a pretty simple one. Hushhushsociety.com. Check it out. Keep it, <laughs> keep it sexy. <laughs> so, Hushlings, we're going to chat a little bit about our first year before we go into anything else. Oh, absolutely. We have to. Yeah. First of all, my brethren right here, Frankie, what was your most memorable episode that we did? Anything that we did? That's rough. That's a rough question, Dave. You're putting (laughs) putting me on the spot a little bit here. Let's see. Let's see. It's over 30 episodes. If you include the declassified discussions and the Cryptid Chronicles, it's a heavy question. I've said time and time again that... I liked JFK the most, but I'm switching it up. I liked mind uploading a lot. I really had fun with the mind uploading episode, and I'm going to have to to pin the thumbtack in on that one. Mind uploading. Mm. Dave? For me, can I go with two? Or does it have to I be mean, one? yeah, shoot for two. Let's do whatever we want. It's our birthday. We can do whatever <laughs> we want. Titanic. Definitely one of the most fun episodes in my opinion, that we've done. I would agree. Funny, very funny episode. Yeah. That one was, it was a funny time of year. So we had some funny, funny going on (laughs) in some of those, some of those episodes. But uh, I think the, the one that was really the most memorable for me going through it was actually Majestic 12. I think that one was, it was a transitional episode for us. In my opinion, I think we were changing from the first couple episodes from what we were doing to almost a new format from what we do now. I, I love the alien stuff. So I see that one of our hushlings that's listening in says JFK. They enjoy JFK episode. I would have to agree literally up until season three. I think that was my favorite debriefing. It was a two parter and we really, I think we did our due diligence on that one. But, you know, since this new season started, I think I had a new favorite, and it's actually more of a recent episode, and I feel like we started to really get into the groove of things, because as a podcast, within your first year, and maybe people would say, oh, that's your first season. No, we've had three seasons, because we run a tight ship of 10 debriefings around here. I would say, for season three, the D.B. Cooper episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was another good one. I think that really shot to the top for me. Like I said, we started to really gel and become what we are now, what we would eventually become as a podcast. So I think that's when we really hit the stride 
the one-year stride. Let's take a look at season one. If you have been with us from the beginning, then you know that we have done a ton of stuff in that time frame. Jeremy, our boy from over at Infinite Rabbit Hole, says season three favorite, Okigahara Forest. I also believe that was a really great episode for us. So thank you, Jeremy. It was very good. It was just like very heavy in terms of like researching it. It was very emotionally heavy, but that kind of like added on to how into it we were able to get that emotional connection to the episode and the emotional depth just kind of gave it that extra weight. It was a good episode. I enjoyed it. It It's definitely a heavy one for us. Yeah. But I think we handled it pretty well. But yeah, we will go over our seasons in case you forgot. Through season one, we started the show with the Montauk Project and Philadelphia Experiment. We then went to MKUltra, JFK Assassination Part 1 and 2, Jeffrey Epstein Suicide Part 1 and 2, Majestic 12, the Zeta Reticuli Incident, that is the Benny and Barney Hill story. one too. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Classic. <laughs> the 2012 Apocalypse and with our first season live show, the Diet Loft Pass incident and the Order of the Odd Fellows was our secret society. That was a fun one. Our first live show. If anybody that was there that's here now, that was a real hoot. <laughs> a real hoot. Got to go over season two. We opened the halls of season two with uh, Vatican part one and part two. And then we did some alien stuff, Area 51 and S4. Not butt stuff. Not butt stuff. Not butt stuff. No, no alien <laughs> probing, no probing stuff. stuff. None of that. None of that. <laughs> we went to Bohemian Grove. That was a fun one. That was a real interesting out there one. We went, uh, we went over the Men in Black, did an episode on Hollow Earth. Another fun one. Actually, Hushlings, that was a shotgun episode because we had originally were going to do the Vivelsburg Castle, the Wolfenstein Castle. That's mm-hmm. right. And it didn't That's work out. Right. We ended up with Hollow Earth, and it was a fun episode. We did Frankie's favorite, mind uploading. One of my favorites, the Titanic. We went down south with some Nazis and hung out in Antarctica with their bases. And then our season <laughs> two live show, if you were there, we did a layover at the Denver airport and hung out with the Order of Golden Dawn. And then we uh, got it rolling on 420 with the marijuana conspiracy. I loved that episode. Yeah, that was. That yeah, was I don't yeah, know if it it's because I take part in that Partake. whole thing, but uh, yeah, it's <laughs> really good episode. I enjoyed that one. It was a good one, and it was very fitting for the the time of year. It was. It was a good opening to and the we season. We were high I as agree. fuck the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> one of us was. <laughs> <laughs> We followed up our 420 season premiere with Flat Earth, and then we moved in on to Harp. Then the Moon Landings, which was a terrific episode to get into. That was very fun. Absolutely. We then pushed on halfway into the season with Princess Diana. Got halfway through that tunnel, man. (laughs) (laughs) And then Mike's favorite, we got into D.B. Cooper. After that, Aokigahara Forest, which Jeremy just shouted out not too long ago. Crop circles, and then we followed that up with our last episode, The Exorcism of Annalise McKell. And now here we are. I enjoyed that one. That was a really good one. 
Yeah, I agree. I, I'm excited to get into more stuff of that nature. It was it was pretty fun. October should be a spooky month for us. Ah, yeah. Season four is looking mm. quite spooky. Spooky October. S- and, and we'll get into it, but season four and season five are looking looking pretty pretty good. Stacked, stacked, stacked like thick. Uh, like a, a Brazilian butt yeah. implant. Dummy thick. We also have a handful of declassified discussions with some fellow hushlings, which are on YouTube, by the way, at the moment. They might be available somewhere else very soon. We have an episode with David Icke, which was really awesome. And Mark O'Connell, which was one of our personal favorites, I think the three of us can say. That that was probably one of the best guests we've ever had. And we got to do two episodes with him because the first one. Yeah. It was a blessing and a curse. Yeah. You got to look at it that way. We got to talk to this dude twice. I mean, come on. We did. It's true. And and he's he's great. David Icke is is an OG truther and sports broadcaster, ex-sports broadcaster. His episode's pretty heavy. We had a good time with him. But Mark O'Connell, he wrote some Star Trek episodes. He's one of the producers of UFO Witness. It was a really fun time with him, even though we got to do things twice. Can we tell them the one that's being released next? Yeah. that's Yeah. yeah ship that's it. Yeah. yeah. Ship it. Mike, Mike, give them that pitch. Uh, next Monday, in between this season and next season, we are releasing another Declassified Discussions with Mr. Micah Dank. We got into astrotheology. If you're not familiar with astrotheology, he pretty much decoded the Bible and related it to astrology. So a lot of the uh, stuff that you read about in the Bible can directly be related to astrological symbols or astrology in general. So it was a very wicked, wicked, great episode. Micah is full of so much knowledge beyond even the Bible. Yeah, mind-blowing episode. Blew my head off. Like, we got halfway through it and I couldn't even breathe. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I think Dave was having a stroke during that episode, but... (laughs) I actually might have had a mild stroke during the episode because he literally just... He blew the top of my head into the ceiling. (laughs) (laughs) It was a fun one. It was was a fun one for sure. I mean, as well as our Cryptid Chronicles, which were part of all our seasons, were awesome. They have definitely evolved into something new. I am looking forward to the new format that we have for them. We've only released one episode in that new format. But, you know, we explored the Jersey Devil with Jeremy of Infinite Rabbit Hole. We discussed Mothman with Yami of Cryptid Chat Girl and the Chupacabra with our friend Tony over at Flick's X-Raid podcast, which is a great uh, movie podcast. If you're into movies and media, uh, please check him out. He does a great job over there. And there's so much more to come. I mean, uh, Mongolian Deathworm, maybe. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> and without further ado, I, you know, we had to go through it all, but... Let's get into this episode about the New World Order and the Illuminati. I've been waiting a long time for this episode. I think this was actually an episode we were talking about putting in like our first season, Mm -hmm. and it just kept getting bumped and bumped and bumped. 
It's very tempting to want to cover it as soon as possible, but you got to save it for a sacred moment such as this. This is like know? a wonderful steak dinner, you know. <laughs> exactly, yeah. exactly. Savor, savor the moment. It's the Michelin star restaurant, folks, you're about to experience. Hushlings, the New World Order is a supposed secretive power elite with a globalist agenda that is conspiring to eventually rule the world through an authoritarian one-world government which will replace sovereign nation-states, as Frankie said earlier. To follow Dave up, many influential historical and contemporary figures have been alleged and part of a cabal that operates through organizations as a front to orchestrate significant political, economic, and financial events ranging from causing seismic crises, health epidemics, to pushing through controversial policies at a national and international level in the ongoing plot to achieve world domination. Health epidemics. No, ah, a little little highlight mm. that. Take your take your little white your little yellow highlighter and kind of mark that down. I already have thoughts on that. We'll get into that. Before the 1900s, the New World Order conspiracy was limited to two American countercultures militantly anti-government right and the part of fundamentalist Christianity concerned with the end-time appearance of the Antichrist. You were a little early. The 1990s. Oh, what did I say? Good. Oh, the 1900s, 19, but I mean, hey, it's like 19, the same thing. Right? Hey, it's, it's in the same hundred it, years. but period, it's not. Whatever. It's in the same, yeah. <laughs> it's in the same century. It's all good. A lot happened, but whatever. No big deal. There are some skeptics, though, like Michael Barkin and Chip. <gasps> Chip. Hey, shout out hey. Chip. Oh, I wonder if it's the same Chip that went to uh, Texas A&M. Became a star. <laughs> I hope so. <laughs> Chip Bertlett observed that right-wing populist conspiracy theories about the New World Order had seeped into pop culture during a period of the late 20th and early 21st centuries in the United States, where people are actively preparing an apocalyptic scenario. All right, so we're not going to touch too much on it, or maybe we will, I don't know. But if you really look at the world today, there's a lot of things that are kind of culminating and coming together all at once. And is it just us looking deeper into something that's very surface, and, or is it a plan that's really coming together? So you have this world that's really coming down to digital currency. You have a world that's pushing vaccines. And if you really look at the playbook of the NWO and what we've known of them, even peripherally over many years now, this kind of lines up with their playbook. Everything that's going on now. Was it coincidence or are we in the final chapter of their plans? Something to ponder. It's a very valid question, and time will tell. Time will tell. We're living in the craziest, not the craziest time, but a, a pretty crazy time to be alive. Throughout our lives, at least, there's been turbulence everywhere, but this is direct. Yeah, it's kind of wild right now. Everything gone on in the last, what, 18, 19 months. Yeah, has been two years, essentially. I mean, if you've been paying attention to what's going on, this is... The stuff that we're dealing with now is really kind of surfaced around this time yeah. in 2019. Well, if you really want to take a look at the NWO and their plans, maybe you don't know. Maybe you've never heard 
of what the NWO is all about. Let's get into the conspiracy. In the 19th century, John Nelson Darby predicted a globalist conspiracy that imposed a tyrannical New World Order governing structure as the fulfillment of prophecies about the, quote, end time in the Bible, specifically in the book of Ezekiel, the book of Daniel, in the Synoptic Gospels, and Revelation 13.7. They claim that people who have made a deal with the devil to gain wealth and power to move humanity into accepting a utopian world government that rests on the spiritual foundations of a synatric messiahic world religion will later reveal itself as a dystopian world empire that imposes, quote, unholy trinity of Satan, the Antichrist, and the false prophet. It was like Blade Runner. <laughs> Uh, give or take. All right. So to break this down a little bit, just looking at it, if you even look at pop culture, we live in a kind of a time right now where people pay attention to their pop culture idols, Beyonce and Jay-Z, who are consistently throwing up <laughs> symbols of secret societies, Eye of Providence, whatever it may be. But you have these groups that are kind of fulfilling this whole thing. And you start to see this symbolism of the devil. Whether you believe in that or not, it is some sort of demonic or dark symbolism that they are almost continuously flaunting, whether it be through their music videos or through the movies or whatever else may be. Even at the Grammys and the Emmys and stuff at very popular like live award events. Oh, absolutely. It's pretty much everywhere within their ad campaigns. It's everywhere you look. And, and, and I think that it's one of those things that we as consumers have looked at for so many years that we've kind of passed it off as like regular, as kind of everyday type of things. Well, that's normal life. If you see Little Nas X, you know, that's kind of like, like one of the big ones right now. But Little Nas X, if he's making a music video where he's making a deal with the devil or he is the devil or whatever the case may be, we look at that and we go, oh, this is just artistic freedom. But is it really? Is it conditioning your mind to accept a quote unquote evil or a- Hold on, I gotta pause you right there. Speaking of Little Nas X, are you guys aware of the shoe line that he came out with? The shoe collaboration that he did with Nike? I had heard where something. There was, yeah, there was human blood, a drop of human blood in each pair of shoes that were released. Okay, I heard that. It was that. a very limited okay, release, yeah, yeah. but yeah, it was on some like heavy satanic type stuff. That's very weird. Blood? That kind of makes me think of some sort of satanic ritual. Is there some sort of ritual or some sort of incantation or some sort of something related to darkness or de or demons or whatever it may be, evil, that is go walk on the blood of innocence or something, <laughs> you know, like something very literal <laughs> that kind of plays into those shoes. I don't know. Yeah. Wild, wild stuff. Can't talk about this stuff without Freemasonry <laughs> and not accusing them of being a part of it. But some have speculated that some of the founding fathers of the United States, like our good old George Washington and Benjamin Franklin, were having Masonic sacred geometric designs interwoven into American society. And particularly in the Great Seal of the United States and on the United States $1 bill, the architecture of the National Mall landmarks and the streets and highways of Washington, D.C. And that's a fact. Like, you can see that stuff from space. There's, like, pentagrams and shit. Yeah, that's very planned. Yeah. And it was as part of a whole master plan to create the, quote, Masonic government as a model for a coming new world order. Now, Masonic stuff is everywhere, mm. so... 
Yeah. But nowhere as concentrated as Washington, D.C. And if you've never been to Washington, D.C., check it out. It's a nutty city. It's a hive of villainy and scum. (laughs) (laughs) I got to check out that uh, streets and highways thing. I've never seen anything about that. Google Earth, bro. If you see Washington from the air, literally you can see like pentagram. That's kind of spooky. Crazy stuff. It would not be appropriate for us to have a one-year anniversary of the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour. We swear we are not doing it on purpose, but uh, we can't go without talking about Nazis. It's all connected. It's all connected, we swear. <laughs> I'm not trying to sound excited, but we talk about Nazis a it's lot. Been a it's been It has been. It has been. We've, we've done a few debriefings without Nazis, so... Let's bring them back into the fold. Yeah, but very intentionally. It's like we do so, so much unintentionally that we're like, we got to chill out before people start to suspect something because it's really not intentional. It just seems to be uh, an underlying thing in like a lot of conspiracies. They're very conspiratorial. Yeah. 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 We have talked before about how Nazis are a big part of a lot of conspiracies. So it's kind of hard to avoid them when you're really diving deep into these things and you see they had their little uh, little German fingers in everybody's pudding. <laughs> <laughs> their little link sausages. <laughs> it's curry worse. <laughs> Just before it's cut. <laughs> oh, no. Conspiracy theorists often use the term, quote, the Fourth Reich, simply as a synonym for the New World Order to imply that its state ideology and government will be similar to Germany's Third Reich. American writer Jim Mars claimed that some ex-Nazis who survived the fall of the Greater German Reich, along with sympathizers in the United States and in other parts of the world, have been working behind the scenes since the end of World War II to enact at least some principles of Nazism. For example, militarism, imperialism, widespread spying on citizens, corporatism, uh, the use of propaganda to manufacture a national consensus. And they've been doing this to impart it into culture, government, and business worldwide, but primarily in the United States. Remember, though, we did use ex-Nazi scientists under Operation Paperclip to help advance aerospace manufacturing in the United States. This is very true. Use like principles from Nazi UFOs apparently, and the acquisition and creation with conglomerations with all these ex-Nazis and their sympathizers after the war, after the trials, and they brought them all over to the U.S. There was like 1,500 of them, mm. or so they say, and they infiltrated every aspect of us. We've mentioned Werner von Braun many times. I mean, that guy was a bad motherfucker, <laughs> and he got us to the moon apparently. So. <laughs> I mean, do you do you trade in the atrocities of World War II just so that you can, quote, make it to the moon, upper atmosphere? I like the quote that you slid yeah, in sorry. there. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it would be kind of goofy to assume that that kind of stuff isn't still happening. Like, when, when you look into these examples that you just listed off, the militarism, the widespread spying on citizens, corporatism, stuff of that nature that's like heavily apparent in today's society i mean it's Mm. 
if that's what they were going for, they're making it happen. That stuff is all very evident and very much happening. In reading in that into that, it's uncomfortable because you, you kind of relate and you're like, oh, well, a lot of this is already happening and has been happening for a while now. Yeah. That brings us into things of the sort of an alien invasion. Our declassified discussion guest, British writer David Icke, claims that shape-shifting aliens called reptilians control our entire planet. Draco reptilians. If you haven't listened to it already, I mean, go check it out and you'll get the rundown. <laughs> Dude, Dave was awesome. It, that was an amazing episode, really. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Like, a lot of people will look at him and go like, oh, David Icke is, is a little bit crazy, but if you listen to that episode, a lot of the stuff that he says makes sense. He was a gentleman, too. Yeah, he was great. He was very, very cordial, very cool. So if you haven't listened to that episode, please do yourself a favor. Absolutely. What is said to be believed is that aliens have been among us for decades, even centuries or thousands of years. But a government cover-up enforced by our friends and the men in black have hidden the knowledge of a secret alien invasion from the public. I mean, you've all seen those, like, videos... I don't know if they're doctored or not, but like videos of like presidential speeches or anything that has to do with politics where you see some bodyguards, mm. eyes shift or something yeah. like that. Like it's just weird shit. I'm sure you can do anything now with technology with a laptop, but if that's real, then that's sus. Real sus. A little sus. Well, At the sus. same time, I think that if our governments and everything in the world were kind of infiltrated by these reptilians, they especially would not be showing themselves or their true forms over television. But that's just me. Who knows? Maybe they're uh, undergoing some sort of stress and that is reverting them back to their reptilian selves. What if they're having trouble, like, keeping in... We talked about this was like space and time. Mm. I don't want to get off on a tangent, but like what if they're having trouble keeping themselves contained in our fleshy bodies, whatever they're doing. Like like when you're holding in a fart, and you just can't <laughs> hold it anymore. So a little bit of eyeball just kind of slips out. <laughs> no, like we, we mentioned it. Hope nobody heard we it. We mentioned it back, I think, in February or, or January when we did Men in Black, where we talk about literally the guy from Men in Black. Mm. The, 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 the dude who was the, the insect that was in the guy almost moves out of his own skin because it lost its concentration or whatever to... Yeah. stay shape-shifted to not look sus but look sus anyways yeah no i agree i agree maybe it's some sort of uncomfortability within like a human husk it makes sense it makes sense these aliens have been and are secretly manipulating developments genetics and changes in human society in order to more efficiently control human beings some believe that alien beings have shape-shifted into human form and move freely throughout human society even to the point of taking control of command positions in governmental corporate and religious institutions and are now in the final stages of their plan to take over the world. They're getting there. Zuctilians? <laughs> the For real, Zuctilians. If you've ever seen pictures of Mark Zuckerberg, why? Like, what? That is not a what, human you, being. You, you mean him with all of the sunscreen lathered on him? <laughs> why, would any, why would any human need that much sunscreen? Come on. I was at the water park earlier this morning, three, four hours before this. And this dude, I, saw, I wish I took a picture of him, but he was staring right at me. He Was it Mark? It wasn't Mark. He was Mark way bigger than Mark. He was a huge guy. 
but he had uh, he was he was such a pasty dude and but he had like his whole face was it's like he put sunscreen on and it he didn't wipe it through <laughs> like it didn't get through the epidermis he just plopped it on yeah and his kids were just staring at him i don't think you can soak that type of lotion or like suntan lotion into a snaky oily skin no it would just come right off the the scales <laughs> They probably don't absorb like that, so you're making a pretty good point. You might have seen a reptilian today. He makes it slithery. Yeah, he looked. He looked. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about mass surveillance. Mike, you mentioned Ooh. it earlier. Love it. Ooh. Now, conspiracy theorists like ourselves and all of you hushlings and hush puppies, we have a new a new name for <laughs> the hushlings. Any of you that has listened for the majority of our existence, you're hushlings. But if you're brand new today, you are officially a hush puppy for 90 days in a probation period before you get your health insurance. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. <laughs> being a conspiracy theorist at that, all of us are concerned about surveillance abuse and believe that the New World Order is being implemented by a cult of intelligence at the core of the surveillance industrial complex. That's a new mm. one, huh? Not military industrial. Surveillance industrial yeah. complex through mass surveillance. And use of social security numbers. Have you heard of the social security number conspiracy on like the dollar bill or something like that? Uh, no. Mm. Uh, it rings a bell a little bit. Yeah, I but... didn't look into it that much because I don't. <laughs> but like, I just wanted to, I just wanted to mention it. But <laughs> it's it's hogwash. Dog water. It's probably not. It's probably the most true conspiracy ever. And I just like. Is my social security number somewhere out there on a five dollar bill? Uh, probably a one dollar bill. Yeah. Shit. Doesn't it have its own bank account? They even go as far as the barcodes of retail goods with a universal product code. Everybody knows what a UPC or a SKU is. If you work in retail, I'm sorry. And the most recently, RFID chips and microchip implants. Now, Mm. your preceptors, I wear an RFID chip to let all of you hushlings know by booping your phone and giving you the link to us. Because we are in the future here, folks. We have really cool business cards. They're like uh, business we have bracelets. Strong blade bracelets with, <laughs> with RFID chips in them. My RFID is right underneath my uh, collarbone on the right hand side. <laughs> kind of pokes it up a little bit. We picked the greatest time to get bracelets. You know, like, oh, pandemic. Stay the fuck away from me. Uh, but don't you want to hear my podcast? <laughs> There are claims that corporations and governments are planning to track every move of consumers and citizens with RFID chips as the latest step toward a 1984-like surveillance state. Some believe spy chips must be resisted because they argue that modern databases and communication technologies, together with point-of-sales data capture equipment and sophisticated ID systems, make it impossible to require a biometric associated number or mark to make purchases. While the fear is that the ability to implement such a system closely resembles the number of the beast, 666, and is prophesized in the Book of Revelation. So here's here's the thing here. Break it down. Break this it has down. always been my biggest beef with Break people. They'll turn to you and they'll go, Oh, you're such a conspiracy theorist. You think that they're really going to inject you with some sort of chip to track you? No, we all carry around smartphones, all right? If they really want to track us, like like we all have phones. Debit card. 
But what it boils down to is not necessarily tracking, because they're, they're going to track you no matter what, if they really want to. For me, and my thought is, all right, let's say through whatever means, and I will not talk about the current crisis or what may or may not be in a syringe, but I will say, through whatever means, they put a chip into you. It's not to track you. It's to turn into a digital currency. So now, if you don't go to work in overtime, they say, okay, well, we're going to hold your entire paycheck from you. We'll make it so that you have no credits on your chip. If you want to go and pay your mortgage and you didn't go and do some sort of government related or mandated thing, they go, oh, well, you have no access to your funds anymore. So now you can't pay your mortgage. Now you can't feed your children. Now you can't, whatever it may be. So a lot of people, especially when it relates to things that are in current times, are saying, you think the government cares to track what you're doing or track what you're looking at? No, they don't give a shit about that. Google and Facebook have been doing that for years upon years upon years. That doesn't matter. If they want to watch you crank one off, they'll watch you crank one off. Like, it doesn't matter. <laughs> yeah. I mean, they have a pump count. You should have come to accept that years ago. At least, at least know you're in good company. It's really more so more of a control. If they're tracking you, that has nothing to do with control. But if they have the ability to cut off your income or to cut off your ability to go places, you can't walk into the bank unless your RFID chip that's inside of your body somewhere is activated. And if they've turned it off, well, you're screwed. Well, you're fine. You know, that's where the real power comes We've from. We've talked about this for quite oh, a yeah. while. Yeah. I feel like that's going to open up these incredibly dangerous and large, vast networks of black markets. And we're going to see a lot of like people's like RFID chips getting hijacked. Yeah. yeah not only that, but because people aren't going to have the access to, like Mike said, currency and whatnot. So they're, they're not going to have another choice. Then they can't walk into the store and use their little chip to buy their groceries. What other option is there besides black markets? Look at it this way. If the bank found out that somebody had stolen your debit card and you called it into them and you said, hey, uh, somebody stole my debit card, what would they do? They immediately shut down your card. There's no way that somebody can go and use those funds anymore. You're good. Your money is safe. Well, if you're thinking about it on the opposite end, okay, now they've turned off the chip that's inside of your body. At this point, debit cards no longer ex exist. Banks don't exist. It's all a file on a system that says Mystery Mike has 3,500 credits available to him. A Declassified Dave has 4,500 credits available to him. That's all it boils down to. And if you look at a lot of the experts and the economy experts and they're looking at it and they're going, well, we are moving towards a digital currency. If we are moving to a, towards a digital currency, then that gives more power to the government. Why do you think, before the pandemic even existed, that the government was so against a decentralized coin? They were against Bitcoin, they were against any kind of decentralized funding. And then, we get a year and a half, almost two years into a pandemic, and now all of a sudden the government turning around and going, yeah, you could pay your mortgage with Bitcoin. Yeah, you could, you could pay off your car loan, your student loan. And yeah, we're going to start accepting Bitcoin and we're going to start. Why? There's a discrepancy there and you have to really pick up on it. It's not being a conspiracy theorist per se, but it's, I think it's more so being an informed person, a person with your eyes open and looking at the facts that are laid out before you. Rant done. Sorry. <laughs> I agree. 
I agree. I agree. Let's get back into the NWO and we will go with the occult side of everything because uh, everything's got to have an occult sliver to it. Conspiracy theorists believe that there's an ancient occult conspiracy started by the Gnostics and perpetuated by their alleged esoteric successors, such as the Kabbalists, the Cathars, the Knights Templar, who we've talked about before in our Vatican episodes, Hermeticists, Rosicrucians, who I hope we get into at some point, Freemasons, of course, ultimately the Illuminati, which seeks to subvert the Judeo-Christian foundations of the Western world and implement the New World Order through a one-world religion that prepares the masses to embrace the imperial cult of the Antichrist. That's that's a lot to take in. There's a lot to take in right there. Well, that goes in with everything else. If you're talking about like demonic stuff, you guys really have to listen to our David Icke episode because he talks a lot about he didn't go into like occult stuff, but he went into like ways of thinking and he didn't get too deep. I don't want to give anything away, but he didn't get too deep on the reptilian mm. stuff, but almost feeding off of the way humans energies are, you know, negative or positive yeah. and more so negative is easier to obtain. There's a lot of groups listed on here that could be at the top or a part of this entire conspiracy of Maybe not even a conspiracy. This is something that we're kind of almost hitting the wall on in current times. The Antichrist? I don't know. But interpretation-wise, possibly. Yep. We can't talk about the NWO without population control. We just started <laughs> talking about that just now. <laughs> the New World Order also said to be implemented through the use of human population control in order to more easily monitor, like we said, and control the movement of individuals similar to what we stated earlier. It ranges from stopping the growth of human societies through reproductive health and family planning programs, which promote abstinence, contraception, and abortion, things of that nature that intentionally reduce the majority of the world population, through genocides by mongering unnecessary wars, through plagues, by engineering emerging viruses and tainting vaccines, through environmental disasters, by weather control. <laughs> by weather control oh shit <laughs> yes yes all that didn't we talk about that in heart uh, yeah we did we absolutely touched on that in we're heart. gonna control your minds through the clouds <laughs> control your minds and take out your village it's funny that we are talking about this because there's a show, we always kind of relate it to shows because people like to take in media, but there's a show called Utopia, and I believe you can get it on, on uh, Amazon Prime there. The thing that sucks is, is it is one season, but they do get into a possible way that you would control the population, and uh, it, it's definitely done by controlling who has babies and for how long. I'm not saying that it, it's an everyday thing. I'm not saying that it, it maybe relates to today's world, but you know, it's a good show. Maybe you should watch it and see if there's anything that pokes out at you. Mind-blowing show. Mind-blowing show. Yeah. Oh, what a pun. <laughs> if you're into mysteries, if you're into conspiracies, great. check out that show. Or even like comic booky type stuff, you'll be into it. Mm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Great art great artwork there's got to be people behind this if there's no reptilians or they could even be reptilians there's groups behind this some claim that established upper class families with quote old money who founded and finance the bilderberg group bohemian club 
who we've talked about, the Club of Rome, Council of Foreign Relations, Rhodes Trust, the Skull and Bones, the Bushes belong to, yes. Yes, Yale, right here in CT. Gunwave in New Haven, Connecticut. Mm-hmm. The Trilateral Commission and similar think tanks and private clubs are illuminated conspirators plotting to impose a totalitarian new world order. That's a lot of groups that are fishy as fuck. It's true. I would say at least one of them is definitely involved. Skull and Bones is some wild shit, though. Absolutely, and we gotta get into all that stuff. We'll do a Skull and Bones episode for sure. Mm. Absolutely definitely have to since we're all from the great state of connecticut dave maybe when you come down here we can take a trip over yeah, to the skull oh, and bones temple it. i would love to take a trip to gunwave in new haven that'd be cool that be the best place hey it's the best place on earth for pizza besides italy so that and food trucks tons maybe of food we do trucks the season four live show <laughs> <laughs> Or like salad. <laughs> yeah, we'll be. We'll just order a, a large pizza and hang outside the skull and skull and bones club. How wild would that be? We'll sneak in. Fuck it. We'll get arrested. Yo, let's We're infiltrate. Do it for the hushlings. Yeah. If I'm gonna commit a crime anywhere, it's gonna be like that. <laughs> they had some pretty badass cloaks at uh Disneyland at the Galaxy's Edge. Well, I'll just buy three black ones. I'm like, All right, real, real so solid ones. Speaking of black cloaks, it's a side note. Like two and a half years ago, I ordered this all black ancient type priest cloak off of Wish.com for like 52 cents and I never got it. So don't <sighs> order your cloaks off of Wish.com. Just saying. Don't order anything off of Wish.com. I, I, don't dude, do it. it was 50 you know. cents. You're going to order a knife set and you get a dildo, man. Like <laughs> This is going to come in handy at some point. But it, it never came in handy because I never... Dildo knives! <laughs> <laughs> Order a pack of fishing lures and it's literally just sex toys. I got a really good grip on this knife. <laughs> I bet. <laughs> so slippery. So girthy. What's with the veins? <laughs> oh my god. It's a molded knife. It's That's for extra grip. It's to get good finger contour. Yeah, it's, it's the yeah. grip on the handle. All of our mothers are listening to this. This is fun. <laughs> Love you, oh, Mom. Um, <laughs> Shout out, Mom. Yeah. <laughs> there are also accusations of an authoritarian world government controlled by the United Nations and a global central bank, which we have mentioned before, which maintains political power through financial control of our economy, which is fucking ridiculous. And the regulation and restriction of speech through concentration of media ownership. Oh, Jeez. Oh, no. Are we living? Mass surveillance, again, and widespread use of state terrorism, and an all encompassing propaganda that creates a cult of personality around a puppet world leader that controls, you know, history's progress. So, you know, the guy that falls upstairs, maybe. Oh, man. Hold on. Can we sidebar for one second? Of course. What the fuck is going on in Afghanistan right now? Oh. Can, Some, we, can we take like, right, three minutes right, and just go that, off the that rails is, on that? That is the tip of a very large iceberg that is well, about the to show that itself. the iceberg hit the Titanic? <laughs> bigger. Borealis shot bigger. At us? Yeah, yeah that that, that's the whole Aurora Borealis right there in Afghanistan. That's what's going on. Yeah, hell, hell is about to unearth itself in Afghanistan, and it's going to go widespread. I was talking to my girlfriend about this last night. What's happening in Afghanistan is extremely dangerous to the rest of the world, and I can very easily see that spiraling out of control in the next year mm. or two. It's going to get bad. I guarantee it, it's going to get bad. 
So are we talking like a? Hey, I don't want to say. I don't want to say like like another event. Yeah, yeah. I'm. I'm. I can guarantee there will be events. I think it's going to be all events from here on out. <laughs> it's just going to be one after uh, of a course, fucking of another. Yeah, like one giant block party. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, no, it's it's gonna get bad, Dave. That's what's happening. I don't. I don't want to talk about there being an upside to this, but uh, conspiracy theorists might not be uh, so crazy of... anymore. You know. <laughs> oh, that's like a personal win, but like for the rest of humanity, not so much. <laughs> Hushlings, if you'd like to talk to us about anything about the subject matter, hit us up. Contact at yeah. hushlingsociety.com. Well, let's get into the latter half of the show. The one-year anniversary that you are tuning into currently. Feeling good? Let's talk about the Illuminati. The Illuminati is a name given to several groups, both real and fictitious. Historically, the name usually refers to the Bavarian Illuminati, an Enlightenment-era secret society founded on the 1st of May of 1776, in Bavaria, Germany. The society's goals were to oppose superstition, obscuritism, religious influence over public life, and abuses of state power. The order of the day, they wrote in their general statutes, quote, is to put an end to the machinations and the purveyors of injustice to control them without dominating them, end quote. Can you imagine that being your slogan, like you got that like on the side of your van? No, no. So every time you leave a customer, you have to say, it is to put an end to machine. (laughs) (laughs) The Illuminati, along with Freemasonry and other secret societies, were outlawed through edict by Charles Theodore Edictor of Bavaria with encouragement of the Catholic Church in 1784, 1785, 1787, and 1790. 1786 must have been a fucking banger. Yeah. Well, during the following years, the group was generally vilified by conservative and religious critics who claimed that the Illuminati continued underground and even were responsible for the French Revolution. I was reading about this, and it's interesting because the Illuminati obviously continued throughout times, and one of the main overall themes when it came to the Illuminati is that they would blame certain groups, whether they were ethnic groups or they were groups that uh, just existed. So like during the 40s, those that believed in the Illuminati would say that the Nazis are Illuminati. And then during the 50s, they would go on 50s and 60s, they would go on to say that the communists of Russia were the Illuminati and it continued so on and so forth. It was always kind of a thing, and they said with conservatives, really, but now it's kind of all over the place, no matter what your background is. But they talked about how it always applied to whatever group they wanted to vilify at the time. So whether it was a good group or a bad group, you know, uh, some would say it was the Jews, some would say that it was super religious Christians that were part of the Illuminati. So it was always some sort of group that they were looking to vilify as being part of the Illuminati. Just something I thought interesting. Adam Weishaupt became professor of canon law and practical philosophy at the University Ingolstadt in 1773. He was the only non-clerical professor at an institution run by Jesuits, whose order Pope Clement XIV had dissolved all of it in 1773. These guys have been banging it out and 
throwing hands <laughs> with the, the church for a while. <laughs> You're right. You're right. You're making I'm good. Not, I'm not wrong. <laughs> You're right? not wrong. Like, the Jesuits of Ingolstadt, however, still retained some power at the university, which they continued to regard as their own. They made constant attempts to frustrate and discredit non-clerical staff, especially when course material contained anything they regarded as liberal or protestant. Finding Freemasonry expensive or not open to his ideas, he founded his own society, which was to have a system of ranks or grades based on those in Freemasonry, but with his own personal agenda. That's how uh, Walmart started, bro. The guy's like, well, I don't want to do that. I was that. just, just going to say, so, yeah, exactly. so the Illuminati <laughs> was like, to bring it back, like a witch version of Freemasonry. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck that. We don't want to pay that money. Screw those union fees. How much do you want? 27 pence? I think not, sir. I think not. <laughs> nope. Well, his original name for the new order was Bunder Perfeflitzkbinsten. <laughs> Killed it. I love these names. That obviously didn't stick. Or the Covenant of Perfectibility. See, that's a little easier. Oh, that's easier. Yeah. <laughs> Why don't we just do it in English? <laughs> right? He later changed it because it sounded too strange. And on May 1st of 1776, Weishaupt and four students formed the Perfect Abilitists. What a dumbass name. Yeah. Taking the Owl of Minerva as their symbol. Wait, so... Ooh. ooh okay. Oh, oh. Hey. Yup. Hold on. Yup. Oh, yup. Hold on. There it is. So as we as we talked about with Bohemian Grove, there is a similar uh, symbol that they perform rites to, and it goes along with the Owl of Minerva. Moloch. It was Moloch. Moloch. There you go. Moloch. Moloch. Yes, yeah, yes, yeah, yes. Yeah, right. Oh, that that's a weird correlation right there. Not only that, but you can find it in the corner of every single dollar bill. What? Yeah, there's yeah, an owl on every single dollar bill. Some people think that it's a spider, which also correlates with Bohemian Grove. And they're saying uh, something about spiders not being oh, here yeah, where they don't talk. Not dwell here or something like that. Where they don't talk about business at Bohemian Grove. Mm. So either way, whether it's a spider or an owl, it's a throwback to either Bohemian Grove or the Illuminati. Mm. Come on. There's got to be a connection between Bohemian Grove and there's got to be members of the Illuminati, vice versa, Bohemian Grove. I Probably. would say there's overlapping members for sure. Yeah. The members were to use aliases within the society. Weishaupt became Spartacus. How, what? Are you serious? What a Who does he think what he is? A prick. Cool. Yeah. <laughs> Spartacus. Get the fuck out of here. Oh my god. He lather himself up before every meeting. I mean, this was the 1700s, right? So <laughs> he definitely lathered up. Let them have their fun. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Horse fat, <laughs> just all over. <laughs> wow. Horse fat. Horse fat of all what? things. In April of 1778, the order became the Illuminate Norden. Or the Illuminate Order, or the Order of the Illuminati, after Weishaupt had seriously contemplating the name 
bee order. Buzz, buzz, <laughs> hushlings. The bee order. He just couldn't figure out the name. He had a great idea, great business model, but the name was his flaw. And he had to he had to figure it out. He had to figure it out. And that's what he settled on. And we're going to run the world. And we're going to be known as the beekeepers. <laughs> <laughs> Let's get into the modern Illuminati. Let's get the fuck out of 1700s. Yeah. And- move a little bit closer to present time. Can't even pronounce Several those recent words. and present day fraternal organizations claim to be descended from the original Bavarian Illuminati and openly use the name, you guessed it, Hushlings, Illuminati. Confirmed. Some of these groups use a variation of the name, such as the Illuminati Order, in the name of their own organizations, while others, such as the Ordo Temple Orientis, have Illuminati as a level within their organization's hierarchy. We have a, uh, a hierarchy also. So it's it's like hush puppies, then it goes hushlings, then it goes children of the hush, and then it becomes preceptors. Yeah, but we're, we're l- much less nefarious. Like, it, it's all right to be part of this, you know? Just a <laughs> quick little segue for you, Hushlings. We are starting a group of like-minded folks that are going to go out into the fields and build homes and start our own, quote, commune, where the government won't be yep. able to come in and talk to us and tell us what we should be doing. But you will all wear really fashionable Russian tracksuits. Yo, I'm hyped. Bring your own Kool-Aid. It's not going to turn as bad as the Davidians. And you can't (laughs) shave. Shout out to Let's Start a Cult Podcast. If you've never heard of Let's Start a Cult Podcast, amazing podcast. And he talks all about cults. We did a show with him. Really good show. So please check him out. Yeah, absolutely. Back to the modern Illuminati. Although there is no evidence that these present-day groups have any real connection to the historic order, they have not amassed significant political power or influence, and most, rather than trying to remain secret, promote unsustainable links to the Bavarian Illuminati as a means of attracting membership. So they're pretty much just out there clout chasing and not really having any significant influence, allegedly. Mm-hmm. There's got to be something going on because some of the symbolism is in the like the dollar bill. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. there. It's everywhere. There's a guy named Mark Dice, though. Good old Dice. Dicey boy. He's a writer, and he's argued that the Illuminati have completely survived until this day. And there are multiple conspiracy theories that propose that the world events are being controlled and manipulated by a secret society that calls itself the Illuminati. Maybe the New World Order and the Illuminati are the same boys. They're just, you know, fist bumping and shit. Or they could be like the Bloods and the Crips. Ooh. Oh, shit. Fighting each other. They have different yeah. motives, different means of where the world is going. I wonder what the Illuminati Crip Walk looks like. Um, probably like a slow crawl because they're all like a hundred and three. That's how I imagine it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that could be that. They use a walker. Could be something <laughs> along that along those lines. Uh, cracking fetuses and drinking the um, adrenochrome. This guy had claimed that many notable people were members of the Illuminati, like the president. So I think of the president more as, like they said, like a puppet. Yeah, yeah. I mean, that's I, I felt like that for a long time. I think. Because it's like when they talk about disclosure of aliens or like uh, deep state secrets, they don't tell the president because the president is a temporary position of power. So you have four 
to eight years of that powerful position, the deep state who's been running things for fucking ever are not going to turn around and tell somebody who's only going to be there for a few years, unless you're a Bush. Hmm. Nice. Other theorists contend that a variety of historical events were orchestrated by the Illuminati, from the French Revolution, the Battle of Waterloo, and even the assassination of U.S. President John F. Kennedy, who we talked about. Maybe even by infiltrating the Hollywood film industry. And that's why Franck said what he said, but hushling, stay tuned. <laughs> it's also claimed by some that members of the Illuminati of high degrees have certain extraordinary abilities, such as reading auras to predict the future. Bullshit. Bullshit. I'm sorry. Bullshit. My mindset is if they're trying to alter the future and progress things in a certain manner that they intend, why would they need to predict the future? I mean, what? Yeah, they're not predicting. They're molding. So they they're they're making the future. What, yeah. what what purpose does it serve to predict it if you're trying well, to alter it? if they can predict it. it, then they can change it to the way that they want to manipulate it. I suppose. I don't see the predictability ESP type of thing going on with Illuminati. I think it's more just pull at the strings and make things happen. But that's uh, we're getting we're getting down to the wire on this one, guys. So hushlings again. Thank you so much for the last 365 days that we've been in existence. And we are stoked for season four. We're stoked for season five, too. And anywhere even beyond that. We can't contain ourselves. We're going to explode, just like when Micah Dank blew my fucking brain apart. It's going to be <laughs> amazing, and I hope your brains blow up the same, because wow. I couldn't speak. I couldn't speak. I was so <laughs> shocked at the information he was giving me that my brain went through this asbestos-ridden fucking ceiling that I have above <laughs> me, and <laughs> my cranium just opened up. So, Hushlings... Your preceptors, myself, Mike, and Frank, are thrilled to announce the coming of the Hush Hush Society Patreon, mm. which will be launching as dated 11-1-2021. Mike, tell everybody what they're going to get with that. The Hush Hush Society is starting a Patreon. As Dave said, we will literally only have two tiers if you're not sure what a patreon is patreon is uh you sign up monthly you give us money uh, <laughs> out of your your shekels it's gonna get better merch most yes. likely that's probably gonna be like yeah it's it's awesome gonna go to merch and really foil hats and oh i'm stoked yeah you you subscribe monthly for an amount and then whatever amount you subscribe for we give you a bunch of extras so it's gonna be uh maybe an extra episode every month maybe you're gonna get cryptid erotica if you're into that sort of thing hmm? uh, <laughs> I, could give a, I could give a little insight on on what we're what we're giving out a little bit yeah 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 let them know if you want There's i don't see why we shouldn't just little... share the the base plate info that we already let's, have let's, we could do up. that yeah we'll we'll, sh we'll share what the patreon is going to give you so in a nutshell as it stands it might change a little bit by the time november rolls around but turkey days a ways away so <laughs> we got some time what you're going to get for our first segment probably around a two dollar window you're going to get sticker pack shout outs you're definitely going to get anything that's been unreleased or just YouTube exclusive. And you're also gonna get 
probably access to our X-Files watch party, mm. which is going to be a lot of fun. We're going to start at season one, episode one. It's going to take us 30 years to get through it because <laughs> yeah. that show is forever yeah. long. Access to our Discord to watch the X-Files from from season Absolutely. one, episode one is going to be fucking amazing. I, I'm i there. I'm there for that. I'll pay myself to I'm be there. there. Now, if you want to be the, the true hushling, probably around five bucks. We'll let you guys know, though, when we drop everything, you're going to get, like Mike said, Mystery Mike's Mothman Erotica. It is <laughs> You're going to love it. But you're going to It's going to make it, you uncomfortable. And your stomach's going to hurt. <laughs> it's going to make you uncomfortable, but it's also going to make you laugh really hard. We have a segment coming where we have the Frock Factor, where our own Frock Sanders delivers monthly conspiratorial news and... I'll probably be dropping in here and there. We also have some unreleased content that's going to be coming out, probably bloopers, Mm -hmm. and also a proposed segment where we do some seasonal movie watching as an homage to a podcast from past days. We've got a lot of things going. A lot of things are going to change with this, so you guys are hearing it first. Mm Mm-hmm. And a Hush Hush Society Patreon. Look for it at the beginning of November. But just know it's going to be a fun place. Our regular show will stay the same. We will still have our debriefings. Absolutely. We'll still have our declassified discussions, our Crypto Chronicles. They will all still be available to you. You don't have to pay us for shit. But if you feel like giving us, you know, two or five bucks, you can get all those extra cool things. It's lots of stuff. We're we're really pumped for it. In season four, we're going to be premiering some new segments along with all that other good stuff. Uh, News, weather, details of the conspiratorial world. So stay tuned. Hang out with us. And finally, boys, we're going to go over our final thoughts for the episode. Dave, final thoughts? Final thoughts. I think the NWO and the Illuminati are connected, like sticking them in a, a Chinese finger trap and then pulling apart. It's the same thing. I think they're very, very much connected. And I think uh, this New World Order thing kind of brings up a lot of subjects that we probably could have more debriefings about and get really, really deep into. And we probably will. I think that there's some fishy shit going on in our current timeline that we're living in. And I think a lot of it has to do with some of the things we mentioned. There's like a cabal and like a high order of everybody refers to as maybe the 1% or something like that. But there's something going on. We've mentioned this even in the Titanic episode, that there was the top of the top of the top that covered up a possible conspiracy that they sank it for insurance. So I think a lot of this goes back very far, very deep. And I, th- I don't think much has changed. I think in, in when it comes to the Western world, especially in American society, we've probably had this control the entire time, especially post-World War II. I think there's a lot of interesting shit going on here. So that's my thing. It's very broad, so it's hard for me to nail it down to one, you know, final thought. I think we're going to have to maybe touch on it as we go in the next season or two. Uh, I'm going to kind of mirror those sentiments. I believe that there is some sort of upper echelon of control that happens, whether it's related to groups like the family or Bohemian Grove or any of these secret, secret groups that exist of people that you've never heard of, people that you don't know, and people that you're not supposed to know. So I do believe that there is some sort of group or multiple groups even that are controlling everything it's a multi-tier system but whether they're known as the nwo or the illuminati or if they even have a name who knows if they even have a name at this point they are controlling the things that are happening they are 
controlling the narrative of the news. They're controlling the narrative of the politicians. The politicians aren't the aren't the top of the top in this situation. It's these shadow figures. It's these people that you don't know their names. I really think that they are controlling things and the majority of us, if not all of us, will never, ever, ever get to know who they are or what their real plans are until it's too late. So I would caution you hushlings, be careful with what you're being told to do, what you're being told to believe, what you're being told to fall in line for, because the government and everybody above them does not give a shit about you. Do what's best for you, do what's best for your family. And I, I would say, whether it's the NWO or the Illuminati, there is the puppet masters that do exist. Frank? Final thought. Oh boy. Put your blindfolds on. <laughs> Put your blindfolds on. Everybody sh sh shut your eyes, shut your eyes, visual. No, but for real, I, I don't think I could have said it better than both of you combined. The NWO and the Illuminati, in my eyes, one and the same, these secretive cabals that are pushing this new world sort agenda by manipulating the masses through media mostly, the music that you listen to, the news that you get from your television and your cell phone, down to the laws that are implemented by our governments. There's no way to get around it. In my opinion, there's no way to combat it because like Mike said, we'll never know who they are in our entire lifetimes until it's too late and we see these massive changes that are being implemented into everybody's day-to-day -day lives. It'll happen slowly and incrementally because it seems as though that's how it's always had to be, slow and incremental, as the world changes and evolves into this manifestation that's being pushed by some third party. It's a very scary thought, and I definitely think it's a thing. Like I mentioned earlier, you, you see the symbolism in live award ceremonies music videos you know news broadcasts it's everywhere it's right in front of our faces it's almost taunting and there's nothing we can do about it and it's it's the sad truth of the the reality that's my final thoughts i'm gonna leave it off there it's like what bob lazar said in one of his interviews he said it's gonna be real hard for this next generation to sift through the bullshit and just pay attention Absolutely. exactly well hushlings that is going to do it for Debriefing 30. This was our live show, our one-year anniversary, and we, as Dave said, are super happy. We are so thankful to each and every one of you that has made us a show. A little piece of information, we hit 20,000 downloads. Uh, over 20,000 at the... Yeah, I, th I think we're at 20... I think we're at... Yeah, we're over 20,000 downloads right now. So thank you all so much for everything that you do for us, coming to these live shows, listening to our debriefings, listening to our episodes and, and supporting us. You have made this such an amazing year beyond our wildest imagination. But what were your thoughts on the episode? Did we miss anything? Did we forget any of the secrets of the Illuminati? The secrets of the NWO? Reach out to us. Hit us up at contact at hushhushsociety.com. And Hushlings, like Mike said, we want to thank you again from the bottom of our hearts for tuning in, not only this evening, but as well as supporting the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour through our first year. And again, without your listenership, we wouldn't exist. And it's been an amazing experience for all of us. And don't forget to tune in September 6th 
on Mondays Ooh. for the premiere of season four. Debriefing 31, folks, we're cracking open our next season with Simulation Theory. It's going to be a very, very, very great episode. In the meantime, don't forget to visit www.hushasociety.com. And again, thank you all for joining in, and thank you for listening, as always. Well, Hushlings, it's been a hoot. It's been a party. Happy birthday to us. We are the Hush Hush Society Conspiracy Hour, and I'm Declassified Dave. And I'm Mystery Mike. And I'm Slick Frank Sanders. Until our next debriefing, remember, the best kept secrets are hidden in plain sight.